0: Neil deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What and a jump ball! 15 down 4, 12 8, 7 38 to play in the first. A yeah. burst from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Countdown, baby, and a foul! Reggie inside for Andre! And a dynamite duck! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson here with you. Ryan, pay a game day scratch. But, you know, I think he's got a legitimate reason today as we kind of begin the pod. I want to give a shout out to Ryan's brother, our cousin Zach, graduating from the police academy today. So I know Ryan had some obligations for the family it's understood he can't be here with us on the podcast today, uh, but congratulations to Zach. We're going to miss Ryan this week. Yeah, Ryan, definitely a, a game-time decision right up to the tip-off
1: on this one, no question about it. I'll give him a pass, but let's just say if the roles were reversed, I think I'd be catching some flack right now from Ryan. So, But I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I'll let it fly. And yeah, congratulations to Zach. That's big stuff.
0: Well, Let's talk about our Detroit Pistons. And I don't know if we're ready to cut them any slack yet. They currently sit at 13-13, eight games back from the Toronto Raptors in first place of the Eastern Conference. They have lost six in a row, um, six out of their last ten, because it followed a four-game win streak, uh, or five-game win streak. So the Pistons, Aaron, they're not playing well. We talked about it last week. They just blew a game. The other day to Charlotte losing 108-107, to a very winnable game for the Pistons. Uh, they had a game versus the Philadelphia 76ers with Joel Embiid not playing and couldn't find a way to get the job done. They've lost twice to the 76ers so far in the month of December, 117-111 to at home, and then 116-102 to on the road. Uh, there's a home loss to the Pelicans as well. Another game that was winnable. The Pistons just couldn't find a way to get it done at LCA.
1: Yeah, this is some frustrating basketball right now from Detroit, and it's tough to even call it basketball. This team isn't playing the way that they once were, and, and right now there's just no rhythm to this team whatsoever. It's Blake Griffin doing everything he possibly can, and he's just not getting enough help from anyone else on that roster, and it's infatuatingly frustrating because this team, we've seen how good that they can play, And now they go on this six-game losing streak where they've dropped multiple games that were very winnable. You blow that game against Charlotte, which is absolutely infuriating. You're up 11 going into the fourth quarter, and you just completely collapse in the fourth quarter. Blake Griffin missing two free throws. That would have been big in that game. Obviously, that three-pointer by Jeremy Lamb to end it was tough to watch, just a tough way to end the collapse that finally happened for Detroit. And you know that's a game where that's a team you're better than and you need it after losing five games in a row. You needed to get that win and they didn't get that win. You look at their two losses to Philadelphia, yes Blake Griffin sat in one of those games but Jimmy Butler only played nine minutes in one of the games because he left with an injury. And then you had Joel Embiid sit out the other game. So, for Detroit to drop, both of those, both those became winnable games um, after, you know, Embiid decided to sit and Butler left. Both those were winnable games that Detroit dropped. Uh, so they And then the Pelicans game, that's a team that you think you should at least be able to compete with. And Detroit got outplayed. Drew Holiday ate Reggie Jackson alive on both sides of the court. Um... And it was refreshing because Anthony Davis also played, you know, he he left that game a few minutes in and didn't come back until the start of the second half, you know. So that's another opportunity that Detroit had where a star player missed some time in that game and and Detroit just still wasn't able to put it enough together. And when you're amidst a schedule in the summer that's very tough and you're losing games and you have these opportunities where you're playing good teams that aren't necessarily at full strength and you're not able to get the job done... That's the kind of stuff that comes back to bite you at the end of the year, whether you're fighting to get into the playoffs, or whether you're fighting for a 4-seed or a 5-seed or a 6-seed or a 7-seed.
0: The schedule doesn't get any easier either. Uh, Saturday, they play versus Boston. <clears throat> then you got next week, Monday, Milwaukee, Wednesday at Minnesota. and then We'll have a pod for you before that 7 o'clock game in Charlotte next Friday the 21st, but we knew the month of December was going to be tough. And the one thing I think we all wanted to see out of the Pistons is when they were given opportunities to win games or when they played teams like Charlotte, New Orleans, both teams that they are capable of beating, you've got to capitalize on that. Because you, you know, if you get a full strength 76ers team on the road and you lose to them, nobody's going to be sitting here sweating it right now. But. When you have an opportunity to play a game where Jimmy Butler gets hurt, you have an opportunity to play Charlotte, you have an opportunity to play New Orleans, you have an opportunity to go out and get some wins, that are very, very realistic games to win. Now, after the Golden State game, they had two abysmal losses to the Thunder at home and then at Milwaukee. And everybody started getting nervous. Then the Philly game was close last Friday, and you're thinking, okay. Maybe, maybe things can turn around for the Pistons, right? Maybe we can get something going. Nope. Uh, and then the New Orleans game was a winnable one. They lost the 116-102 loss. was a game the Pistons were still in through a good portion of the game. Um, and then, you know, another good night for Blake Griffin wasted as they lose 108-107. Uh, in Charlotte. But I want to mention real quick how about Luke Kennard leading scorers in Philadelphia with 28 the other night?
1: Yeah, you know, that was good to see <coughs> after the the way Kennard had, came back from his injury, just not billing well against the Thunder and not really finding a rhythm. That was good for him to have that game, but then, you know, he goes out against Charlotte and he struggles. So I guess, you know, you'll take what you can get with him. You want to see it rather sooner than later because Detroit needs it with their injury issues, but canard needs to uh needs to figure it all out quickly because detroit needs production on the wing and canard is one of the few wings standing on this detroit roster so it's important that he finds a way to be consistent and be the long-range threat that is very important for this detroit team because just having shooting around blake griffin is enough to completely change the landscape for this detroit offense they don't hit shots and you know luke canard is one of those guys that in theory can hit shots so you need to be able to play Cunard and trust him, and he needs to be able to do what he can. So, so, so be it. Do which is shoot the ball. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Pistons are battling some injuries right now too. Ish Smith, Henry Ellenson, Reggie Bullock, all out. A uh, nagging injury for Glenn Robinson the third, I believe He's out as too, well. Yeah. Is he out now? Uh, you get Stanley Johnson back, which helps, but it's tough when you're playing. You know, the brutal part of your schedule to start battling injuries and having to throw out their different lineups and things like that. So there is some understanding to what's going on, but at the same time, that's part of the job. That's part of the, that's part of the gig. And you got to be able to find a way to still collect victories if you are that good of a team, if you're a legitimate team. It's tough for Detroit because you
1: lose two starters in Bullock and Glenn Roberts in the third, and then you lose... Six-man A, I guess, I would consider Ish Smith and Stanley Johnson both six men, I guess. So six-man A and Ish Smith. Um, so you lose key pieces of depth, and obviously Henry Allenson him being out, doesn't really do much considering he doesn't really play. Um, but when you lose three guys that play 20, 25-plus 20, minutes a night for you, I guess Glenn Robinson doesn't do that Because he's mainly a a guy that starts the first And then doesn't play again until the start of the third But then comes out, but he starts, you know, he's a starter On this team, so you lose two starters And a key bench piece, and you know You'll see some regression from the team, that's I guess Expected, this team isn't deep enough To just not see any regression But for them to fall off the map The way that they Mm -hmm. have uh, It hurts, and it's not Totally because of these injuries, let's Not hide the fact that Guys like Reggie Jackson have just been completely awful lately. You know, where have, Detroit's having to play Jose Calderon twenty minutes tonight. I just want to point out one statistic that really bothers me, and it's Jose Calderon in the in their loss to Charlotte led the team in field goal attempts in the fourth quarter. He took five field goals in the fourth quarter against Charlotte, a game that Detroit ended up blowing. To me, that's absolutely unacceptable. Uh, but when you're not able to play Reggie Jackson because he's playing as bad as he has, and you have to trust 40-year-old Jose Calderon, and Calderon has to go out. And I'm not going to lie, Calderon has not done a bad job, you know, initiating the offense, passing the basketball, moving the ball. He hasn't done a bad job in that respect, but he can't defend. And when he's leading your team in field goal attempts in a quarter, and perhaps the biggest quarter of the game, it's unacceptable. And it's a testament to this Detroit team. Uh, having some real issues, especially at the point guard spot, it's just becoming more and more apparent that it's not working with Reggie Jackson. Uh, so uh, this is a scary time for Detroit. But the injuries are tough. You need Reggie Bullock back. You need his shooting ability back. You would like Ish Smith back, the way he plays, the way he pays with pace, the way he can run the second unit, and Glen Robinson the third. Albeit he has not played well this season, he has the talent to fit with this Detroit team. He has he's athletic. <coughs> He can defend. He's just got to be able to start knocking down some shots and play with confidence. And he hasn't had that yet. But you got to hope that it comes with time because he's a piece for this team that can be important, as we've seen with the way Detroit trusts him. Uh, he can be an important piece for this roster. So yes, this team is banged up, and you, you need those guys back. But you, you can't just give the guys that are playing a
0: pass for playing as poor as they have. You talk about a struggling Reggie Jackson and ish smith being out so it leaves that really that void at the point guard position and um aaron the rumors are swirling markel fultz potentially on the market uh detroit is interested in pursuing him fultz has struggled he only played 14 games in his rookie year he's been out since november 19th with an injury uh, he's been battling a shoulder injury that they talk about a uh, abnormal range of motion limited movement things of that nature um It's concerning for Markel Fultz and his um, abilities that he's had these injuries his entire time really in the league, but this is still a guy that was selected number one overall. This is still a guy that when he's healthy has a lot of ability. What are your thoughts on the Pistons making a move for Markel Fultz, and how much would you be willing to give up to acquire him?
1: Well, Detroit has been linked to Fultz. It's been reported by SB Nation's Philadelphia 76ers blog, Liberty Ballers, and then it was confirmed by Vincent Ellis of the Detroit Free Press. So we know that there's something there. We don't know how serious it is. Um, I mean, for me, I love Mark Fultz coming out of college. For me, he was the clear-cut number one pick over Lonzo Ball, over Jason Tatum, over Josh Jackson. But the way he has come into this league and just it hasn't worked for him is very concerning. Uh, You see what has happened to his shooting, to his confidence. There's just not a lot there. And I get he's been put in a very bad situation by going to Philadelphia, who has had their famously notorious injury bug history. Um, But from talking to people in the medical field and the NBA, you just do not get a good sense Mm -hmm. about Markel Fultz. At least I haven't from talking to these types of people. And because of that... I really, I'm not that interested in Fultz. I would be interested if the price is minimal, but I don't want Detroit sacrificing a first round pick to get him, especially this year's pick because right now we don't know what this Detroit team is yet. This could, The way that they're playing, this is a lottery team again, so that, that pick could mean something. Now I don't particularly think this is a great draft, and that's a topic for a different day because I just don't see it with a lot of players in this draft. Um, But a first-round pick is still a first-round pick. It's going to have more value uh, once we know where Detroit stands. And to give it up for Markel Foltz, who may just not be able to play, period, it's a risk that I don't want to take. If it ends up costing you maybe Reggie Bullock's expiring contract or a Smith, um, I don't know what else you could put together. But as long as you're not giving up Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, your first-round pick, or Luke Kennard, everyone else is pretty much fair game, I guess. I think there's some some calculated risk, uh, but obviously there's there can be a very high reward with Fultz. Mm-hmm. I just think that the risk is much much heavier than the potential for a well, reward with him.
0: The way you just put it there is it's it's high risk, high reward, no doubt about it, um, because. Markell hasn't been able to play, right? He's had he's had the injuries, he's had problems, but you got to remember <clears throat> this is a guy that's still just 20 years old. 20 years old. And um you know, the other thing that I'm, I'm comfortable with is I trust the Pistons' medical staff. They will not make a trade for Markel Fultz if they do any sort of, you know, analysis or they talk to his doctors and see any sort of potential problems. You know, if there's if there's a medical issue that they don't think Markel Fultz is ever going to fully recover, they won't make the trade. And I trust them to make that decision and uh, to use their discretion. But, um... If the trade you know, were to go through, I would have confidence that they believe Markel Fultz can not only come back and be healthy, uh, but come back and be a legitimate contributor for this basketball team. Um, I'm on the same page as you, though. I think Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, first-round pick, Luke Kennard are your only untouchables. You know, Right now, with the way he's been playing, I don't know if I want to lose Stanley Johnson for a you know, high-risk player, Markel Fultz, but Aaron, think about this. Reggie Jackson, his contract expires after next season. He has been so bad for the Pistons. You might be able to slide Markel Fultz into the starting lineup and utilize Reggie and Ish off the bench. You might be able to uh, put more variety in the way that you run lineups on the floor, or you might even be able to move Reggie Jackson for some minimal return. Maybe you could shed his money. Somebody would take on the expiring deal, and uh, you both mutually agree to part ways. Then, after that, right? You, you, it could work out. I think getting Markel Fultz and taking a chance at building that point guard spot for the future is huge. Well, the thing is, the thing is, with Fultz is. This year, at least,
1: he's played a lot of his minutes at the two-guard spot. According to basketball reference, in both seasons, he's played 70% of his minutes at shooting guard, just 10% in his rookie season at point guard, 14% this season at point guard. He's also spent over 15% each season at the small forward spot. So he's a guy that, in theory, would fit in a standpoint of he's not necessarily your point guard, but he can create. He is a point guard, but he's played the 2 Obviously, with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, there wasn't really a spot from the start at the point guard spot. Um, but can he shoot? He hasn't. he hasn't. I don't think he has to though. With this team, he yeah, has to because has you need to. shooters around Blake Griffin. You do. But look I, at this Detroit I, I offense with the way and the way that they perform. No, with listen, Blake Griffin no, no, and then no, no, no. Reddy gotta, Jackson who hasn't shot the ball well, Reggie Bullock who hasn't shot the ball well this year, Glenn Robinson who hasn't shot the ball well this year, Stanley Johnson who hasn't shot the ball well this year. I'm a drummer who hasn't shot the ball well but There's just not enough shooting um, around this team And then you're going to add a guy who Is going to have high usage for your team Most likely And he's you're going to expect him to be a key part of your offense And he hasn't shot
0: the ball well He just doesn't do enough Talk about. Hold on Think about what Ryan has talked about when he's been here Blake Griffin needs another guy That can play on the wing That can create Luke Kennard will be a better shooter and if Luke Kennard only had to shoot the ball, then you might be able to get something out of you know, him. He, he, he has the ability to do it. Stanley Johnson's never going to be you know, some fantastic three-point shooter. But all he has to be is good enough. You look at Reggie Jackson. He has not had success shooting the ball. And he hasn't had that much success getting to the rim either. He's, he's not been able to finish strong. Uh, the only thing he's really got are those dump-off passes to Dre. And, I mean, he's, he's still capable of you know finishing at the rim occasionally, but not as good as he used to be able to do. Markel Fultz is going to be more of an elite rim attacker. He's going to be able to still make the plays with Drummond. And when you have another guy that can create a little more efficiently than Reggie Jackson can, um, and maybe you could trust going to the basket a little bit more, Aaron, I think you got a huge upside in this, and I get your point of you need another shooter, and maybe you do need another shooter, but I don't think it has to be your point guard. I
1: don't necessarily trust Markal Foltz to be a good enough shot creator right now. He may be a good enough guy to help run the offense and move the ball on offense, but I'm not expecting him to be able to come in and create his own shot. Don't forget,
0: though, depending how much you have to give up for him, he's still on a rookie deal. Right, He comes here, it doesn't work out, you just let him go. But you take a chance on a 20-year-old that now if you get him and things work out, you get him to like Detroit, you get him to embrace Blake Griffin, you get him to embrace what's going on here, now you've got a foundational piece. Now you've got a guy that could really be special. That's the high reward. And the way I look at this is the high risk is only if you give up a first-round pick Blake, Andre, who aren't moving for Markel Fultz, or Luke Kennard. And, you know, other than that, you know what? If you lose Reggie Bullock, if you lose Stanley Johnson, are they good pieces? Sure. But are they all-stars? Are they guys that can be replaced? You know, they can be replaced, Aaron. Like, they're good pieces. That's nothing against them. But they're replaceable pieces. Markel Fultz, if he doesn't work out, you just let him walk. But you take a chance on a guy that's 20 years old was the number one overall pick on a rookie deal. You take that chance. And maybe he gets healthy and he has a change of scenery and he gets to play more naturally in the one-guard spot where maybe that's where he prefers to play. Maybe things change. Maybe that's a guy that goes off. And if he doesn't, you just let him go. But this is a Pistons team that is in dire need of making a move. This Okay, so here's the thing my main point
1: is he's not a shot creator he's best at attacking the basket he's he's not a guy that's going to generate open looks for himself okay he's going to get to the rim a little bit but he's not going to do what ryan or i or you want detroit to go out and get and that's fine this would be a completely different move and for like what you said, a twenty year old on a rookie deal, a former number one overall pick, high potential, you take that risk if you're if what you have to give up isn't that bad of a, a give up. But and I, I and I like that. I would I would gladly take the risk on Markel Fultz for if we had to lose if Detroit had to give up, Reggie Bullock, Stanley Johnson, Ishmael, anyone not named Play Griffin under Drummond, Luke Kennard or your this year's first round pick. I would gladly take that risk because Fultz has that kind of potential. But he also has that risk of this guy could really just be injured and end up not being able to come back and play. Or he could come back and just not be a good enough player. So, it's a risk. But, again, that would be something that this Detroit fan base would get behind. Yes, That would be something yes. that this Detroit I, fan base would maybe get fill the seats up a little bit more for. Because Marco Foltz is, well, he's Marco Foltz. He has that name. He has that aura around number him.
0: Number one overall pick.
1: You have him and Blake Griffin, those are two names that they generate that vibe, you know? So it's something to take a look at and again I'm not against it. I just don't know how for it I am. And especially considering what his value is, I don't no one really knows. And if the Sixers want a first round pick or Luke Kennard or anything of that magnitude, I really hope Detroit just stands pat because he's not worth that much. I, I agree with you.
0: I I don't I I think the way you you said it earlier with the price has to be right is important because he, he still Mark Howltz hasn't proven that he can be a guy in this league. He hasn't proven it. But his college play the Philadelphia 76ers selecting him with the number 1 overall pick says enough to me that it's a guy that you don't want to just disregard either so I think he helps a lot I think he could help a lot I should say and if the price is right it makes sense for the Pistons because the Pistons are all in right now they're all in so now you got to try to make moves to better your odds because and the thing is Aaron let's be fair here if the Pistons are all in, you know they're going to be willing to move a first-round pick. Oh yeah, they're going to be more than willing, and you oh, yeah. know that Philadelphia is going to ask. Well, for
1: we've it. heard reports that Detroit's actively aggressive on the trade market right now. That was reported earlier this week that Detroit is one of those teams that we've that has been popping up in trade talks around the league more than most teams in the league. So they're they're willing to make the moves, they're willing to trade assets, they're willing to trade pieces. So we know this Detroit team is gearing up to make some type of move. Hopefully it's a deal worth something. Hopefully it's not just a small move.
0: Don't forget, by the way, Dwayne Casey, he might be the point guard whisperer. Think about what he could do with Markel Fultz if he gets that guy playing at a high level. Think about that, Aaron. I, If Detroit could
1: get Markel Fultz for a minimal price, I would be very happy. I would love to take that risk. I just don't want to give up a key asset or a key piece to take that risk.
0: That's all I'm saying. I could very likely see a package of Ish Smith, Reggie Bullock, first round pick for Markel Fultz, and maybe like a, a conditional or like a protected pick down the road or something like that. I could see that being the kind of swap the Pistons make here. Uh, and it helps Philadelphia too, because now they bring in a guy like Reggie Bullock that could score the ball. They bring in another point guard option, in Ish Smith that they could slide to the two. They could move Ben Simmons around a little bit if they want. They could get a little more creative as well. Uh, that could that could be a win win package for both teams. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what full value
1: is to really judge it. But if it was, I just don't want to give up a first round pick for. Him. I really don't. I would give up Ish Smith and Reggie Bullock and, and be fine with that because Ish Smith. You know, Markel Fultz is going to absorb Ishmith's minutes, and Reggie Bullock's an expiring contract that Detroit can replace in house with Luke Kennard and Bruce Brown. So that that would be fine. But giving up that first round pick, unless you're getting back a pick of some value or getting like a player of some value, um, you know, I was going to say maybe Mike Muscala as a backup big for Detroit, but a guy that I wanted to talk about, John Lure, he's playing pretty well right now. He has, he's come back. And he's he's slowly built himself back into form, and for a guy that's making ten and a half million dollars, you know he's no long, he's not your home run free agent signing, but he's a guy that can contribute to this team, and that's important and good to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's necessary for this Pistons team, especially if you know there's days that Blake or Andre have to sit, or God forbid there's an injury, you've got to have guys that are able to step up and play a little bit. John Luehr, you could say, has been disappointing in his time in Detroit, but he's finally starting to play better basketball, be of some value, and, and as you put it, it's really nice to see for the Pistons. If only we could get him to make a three-point shot. Hasn't <laughs> made one in over 600 days. That's crazy. And he was brought here to be a potential stretch four for this Oh, time yeah, time. he was brought in to,
1: to play the backup five against Kevin Love in the playoffs and shoot the heck out of the three ball and just hasn't done either of those things because Detroit hasn't made it back to the playoffs and he hasn't made three-point shots. So.
0: Tough, tough. Well, the Pistons got a uh, few games coming up, as mentioned earlier in the pod, before we get back with you next week. That starts Saturday versus the Boston Celtics. Uh, a game that, again, Aaron, that's another top team in the Eastern Conference, but the Pistons really got to buckle down uh, at home and find a way to win the ballgame. They need to. Detroit is desperate. For a
1: win right now And it's imperative that they get one It doesn't matter who it comes against It has to happen you know. And, and it's got to be more than Blake Griffin I'm sick and tired of coming on the podcast Every week and saying the same damn thing It's Blake Griffin against the, the other team He's not getting enough help Andre Drummond is inconsistent, you never know what you're gonna get from him on a nightly basis. Reggie Jackson has not been an effective point guard at all lately. Luke Kennard has come back and he had that one nice game, but other than that, he hasn't played well. Reggie Bullock's out, Ish Smith is out, you know, your models of consistency and guys like that are no longer there. Stanley Johnson came back the other day against Charlotte and didn't play very well, so for Detroit. There's not a lot going for them right now. they got to find a way to pull it together and, and just beat a team because they are in desperation mode right now and they are fighting for something that they, if they want to make the playoffs, they need to start winning. They have to rebuild the respect of this fan base after it looked like they were starting to do that with their wins against Golden State and Toronto. But they've completely shattered it the way that they've played lately. Uh, so it's on them right now to turn this all around and right the ship because it has been ugly lately and it's no one's fault but themselves
0: yeah you're right and uh we'll see if the pistons are able to do that as they go through uh, a continued tough stretch here in the month of december as they need to find a way to get a victory to kind of slow down this struggle uh and, and regroup no doubt about it so with that being said, the Pistons again they sit 13 and 13 currently seventh place in the Eastern Conference. They're looking to improve upon that. Uh, Markel Fultz, I'm in. I'm in. I am all in on Markel Fultz right now. The more I talk about it, the more I'm talking myself into it. The same they thing chance. with me.
1: It's the same thing with me. The more we talk about it, the more I'm like, all right, all right, let's try. He's a it.
0: former number one overall pick. You just you take it. He's 20 years old. You take a chance on that guy. Hey, are you at that point yet, Aaron, where you start to realize like people are pretty close to an age, and you look at like what you're doing with your life oh, and yeah. what they're doing oh, with yeah. their life? Yeah. Because uh, you know, looking at the fact that like Markel Fultz is you know a year younger than me, and he's a former number one pick in the NBA, yeah. making millions of dollars, and I'm sitting here talking about him, it's just like you yeah. know, it hits hit, hit it hits you right. Oh yeah, we're at that point. It sucks. But it's okay. Well. One day we'll make it big time. Right. And that is with the help of you, the listeners. Continue to help us. Subscribe, rate, review the podcast. It's on iTunes. As you know, Palace of Pistons. Check out our website. We're growing that thing. And Aaron and his staff of writers do a phenomenal job. Palaceofpistons.com. You can follow Aaron on Twitter, at AJohnsonNBA. You can follow me on Twitter, at MediaBrendan. Throw Ryan, pay a shout Give them some uh, give them some crap for not being on the podcast this week. That's at Ryan Pay. Pay is P-A-Y-E. So we appreciate everybody tuning in to this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. And we will see you next time, hopefully, with the Pistons team that is above 500.